Welcome to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Justin Michaels and Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and anywhere that you get your podcast. It is uh, Monday, the Monday after a crazy weekend. Uh, NFL draft was crazy. Look, uh, people were going on about how this draft just, the talent isn't there, the quarterback talent isn't there, the the stars aren't there, it's not going to be that good, and it was amazing. Uh, stars were everywhere. Um, trades were everywhere, excitement was everywhere. So here's the thing. Uh, everybody, I like to do winner, you know, everybody does a winner's, uh, winner and loser drift, uh, uh, list of the draft. And the reality is, and I've come to believe this, especially in the past couple years, given how we've seen teams like the Bucks, uh, the Rams win, win their division, win the Super Bowl, win the, win the conference championship, have success without Hitting home runs in the draft. Oh, they they've drafted well, but there's a lot of teams you know that draft well that aren't necessarily you know hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy every year. So, I, I, I don't get me wrong. It's important to draft well. Uh, it's important to have good drafts. Um, and a lot of times through the draft, you can't rebuild a team, but I'm not a believer that the draft is the only way to rebuild your team. And I'm certainly not a believer that if you don't draft well, then you're not going to have success. Does it help? Yes. Is it important? Yes. But it doesn't mean that, that you're completely just limited if you don't do on the draft. Now, here's what I would say. Um, looking at this year's draft, there were a lot of pieces. I got to tell you, listen, AJ Brown to the Eagles is huge. And I know if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know I love Kyler Murray. And you know what I'm going to say. Um, the Marquise Brown trade was absolutely massive, huge. Um, and I, people are not giving that a lot of attention just because so much happened. Uh, Malik Willis went to Tennessee. And, and we're going to get to all that, a little bit of basketball as well. But let's first start with the Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. Here's why it's big in my opinion. So here's the thing. Two weeks ago, Kyler Murray was still unhappy with the Arizona Cardinals. And, I, and I'm not going to go through rehash all of that. Because I've broken down many times on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to go through rehash all that. But he was. He was unhappy with the Arizona Cardinals, right? Well, now he should be nothing but happy. They get him. Uh, the contract extension, not to mention the fact they get him his number one target in college. And I love Christian Kirk, and he's going to be wonderful for the Jaguars. But let me tell you something. Marquise Brown to the Cardinals is a big, big deal, in my opinion. Uh, you lost Christian Kirk, and that was one of your main losses. You, you didn't really lose you know, anybody else. But the Cardinals were sitting there, and and, and I, I pay attention to every team, and they were sitting there at the twenty third overall pick, I believe. 
And, uh, you know, at that point, that all the all the top receivers just gone. Drake London had gone. Chris Lave had gone. Uh, Garrett Wilson had gone. Jameson Williams gone. The Lions trade up and got Jameson Williams. So all the top receivers were just absolutely just taken off the board. Receivers for everybody. They didn't need a quarterback. And, yeah, they, there's some pieces on the defensive side they could use. But, look, uh, Derek's thing went, went, went with the third overall pick. Sauce Gardner with the fourth overall pick. And, um, you know, the tackles, Evan Neal was taken. Charles Cross was taken. Akeem Aquano was taken. So if you look at the points where the Cardinals were potentially looking to improve in this year's draft, receiver, corner, uh, tackle, offensive line, points to help Kyler Murray or just help their team as a whole, they were all gone. They were taken. And so, you know, the Cardinals are probably sitting the 23rd overall pick. They're like, oh, man. Like, look, the Rams they have a first-round pick. The Seahawks picked Charles Cross, but they're losing Russell Wilson. And uh, the 49ers did not have a first-round pick. So they were probably like, this is where we take our leap. To either be even with the Niners, be even with the Rams, or try to pass them. That is where the, they were probably like, man, this is where we're going to take our leap. And we didn't. We didn't trade up. All those guys are already taken. So what happens? I'll tell you what happens. <laughs> they get Hollywood Brown, who, and by the way, I love Garrett Wilson. I love Jameson Williams. I love uh, Chris Olave, and I love Drake London. But if you ask Kyler Murray if he could have any of those guys or Marquise Brown who who has had been productive in the NFL. And by the way, the one thing that I think has hindered Hollywood Brown somewhat in his career this thus far is that the Ravens weapon cast that just hasn't been great. Mark Andrews, I love him. But you need another weapon. And, and when you're when you're a speed guy like Marquise Brown, um, you, typically speed receivers, yeah, you, you'll see it in college somewhat, but speed guys are not meant to be the workhorse of the receiving group. That's where your drink Londons come in. That's where your versatile guys come in. And not that Marquise Brown is a versatile, but the Ravens know what they got him for when they drafted him a couple of years ago. They got him for over the top. Give me over-the-top routes, intermediate routes, where we can hit you because your speed just separates you from everybody else. Okay? And that's what they got him for. And it worked out great. But when when they lost, you know, they started losing pieces. Uh, their receiving core was not great. Outside of Hollywood Brown, they had Sammy Watkins. But, but you know, they started to depend on Hollywood as if he were a workhorse, as if he were a possession guy, as if he were a bigger guy. I just think it's Hollywood, but his frame's not meant for that. He is meant for, he's a speed guy, okay? And Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown, when they played together in college, uh, it was unreal. We saw that connection. We saw that connection uh, instantly, right? And so what's going to be great about this situation for Marquise Brown is, he, he he's not going to have to be the workhorse. You know, you got D-Hop over there. All they're going to ask Marquise Brown to do is, hey, 
we've got weapons. You don't need to be pulling down. And I'm sure he'd love to. But we don't need you to go across the middle and grab and fight for these three and, and fight for this, you know, eight-yard slant in the end zone. We got D-hop for that. What we need you to do is, hey, maybe every now and again, we know Kyler Murray's got the arm strength, no one can extend plays. You get downfield with that speed that you have, and uh, and we'll get the ball to you. And that's what they brought him in for. And I got to tell you, the beauty of this is last year when the Cardinals drafted uh, Rondale Moore, it was sort of similar in that sense, right? Speed guy, burner guy at Purdue, smaller guy, burner guy. And so... Now, if you're looking at this Cardinals offense, Kyler Murray's happy. The O-line's good. James, they return James Conner. They, they lose Christian Kirk, but they lose it for Marquise Brown, who I think Kyler would rather have because they, they, they don't need to build a deep threat connection. Um, and, and you're looking at this move, and you're like, that, is, that was an awesome, awesome move. Worth the 23rd pick because... Who are they going to draft anyway? In my opinion, they are probably looking at a receiver, and uh, all those guys are taken. All those guys are already taken at that point. And I think Kyler would rather have Marquise Brown over those guys. And so, uh, you know, you look at the Cardinals' weapons, you look at their offense, they're ready to rock and roll. They got J.J. Watt. Um, they did lose, look, they did lose Chandler Jones, and that was uh, that was a big loss, okay? But uh, they still are going to get J.J. Watt back. They picked up a defensive end. You look at the weapons cast. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They got uh, Rondale. They got two absolute burners. Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown, who's going to stress the field. And then if that's not enough, you got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, defense are going to have their handful with this team. It's going to be super interesting. A great, great move there. One of the best moves of the draft, in my opinion. All right, let's talk about the other move. A.J. Brown to the Eagles. This was huge. This was a big move. Why? A.J. Brown's unhappy with Tennessee. The Eagles are like, you know what? Uh, we did, we way overperformed. Way outperformed what anybody expected of us last year. We got Jalen Hurts. Uh, and by the way, I don't care what people say. People give Jalen Rager a hard time. He's a speed guy. He's a guy that can stretch the field vertically. I like him. I like Jalen Rager. Um, I I think he's going to be great. And I think, and I, and by the way, people don't understand this. We talk about the, for some reason, we talk about the quarterbacks. We don't talk about this with the receivers and, and all these guys enough. A lot of what, how, you know, when you're a receiver, and this one, it's, and I don't want to sound like I'm preening myself, so, you know, because I just talk about this with Hollywood Brown. But when you're a receiver, a lot of your success comes from other, you know, people on the receiving core and your quarterback extending plays and other people on the receiving core opening up lanes, opening up different weaknesses, different uh, soft places in the defense. And so when you're a guy like Jalen Rager, they haven't had a whole lot. You know, you haven't had a whole lot of... Uh, what's the word? You know, other other pieces around him for him to shine and have success. And so you bring in AJ Brown. He's happy. He gets out of Tennessee. He goes to Philadelphia. He gets the money. He wants Jalen Hurts only progressing. Look, 
I'll be the first one to say the, the 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 talent, the rebuild, the success last year, the success they're probably gonna have this year. Surprising, but uh, I think I think it's gonna work out. All right, that was a great move. That was a great move. All right, let's talk about the Titans because they're the ones that trade away AJ Brown. Um, are the Titans going into full blown rebuild mode? That's been a topic of discussion over the weekend. Man. You know, it's interesting because they get rid of A.J. Brown and they draft Malik Willis. By the way, smart move. Here's why. And here's why it's a smart move. You got him. Many people are thinking, hey, you might have to get this guy in the first round at the latest second round. They got him. For an absolute steal. They traded away. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. They traded away Marcus Mariota. Ryan Tannehill. Who I love. Even if you stick with him. Until he retires. Or two or three or four more years. Uh, he could get hurt. You didn't really have a. Uh, you didn't really have any. Backup on the team, anything like that. So, so what happens? So you draft a guy in Malik Willis, and you're looking around the conference. And you're like, you know what? Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but <laughs> we've got. And I don't want to go through the list again because we all know what the AFC has. But in our conference, we've got Deshaun Watson, we've got Josh Allen, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we've got Derek Carr, we've got Russell Wilson. Uh, we got Lamar Jackson. We got Joe Burrow. We got playmakers. We got dudes. So, what's the fix to that? We can't just run the ball the whole time. Uh, we can't just run the ball the whole time. So they say, you know what? Let's make a move. And I, I think, by the way, this has been people doing this has become less and less popular over the years, and fans don't like it because you kind of got to be patient with it. But people making these moves of future picks, it's big because if we're the Titans and you're sitting there, you're like, you know what? We're not planning on having an awful season this year. So we're not going to have a top 10 pick next year. You could say how great the quarterbacks are in extra draft. We're not going to have it, a top pick to pick those guys. Secondly, uh, you saw the moves that were made this offseason. Massive contracts were signed. There's not going to be a... a uh, uh, bem- just an absolute bombardment of quarterbacks available, uh, in the offseason or in the draft by the time the Titans pick. So we're going to get a guy who we feel ceiling wise can compete with a Josh Allen, can compete with a Russell Wilson, can compete with a Patrick Mahomes. Not saying they're the same, but he's got a big arm. He can run around. He's huge. Ceiling wise is big. And, and by the way, if you need a quarterback now, don't go ceiling wise. But if you're like, hmm. If you're like, you know, we, we can develop him around Tannehill. He's going to have the running game with Derrick Henry. We need guys. We need dudes. We need a quarterback that can run around. I like the move. Good move. You got him for a steal. You didn't have to go block to get him. I like the move. All right. Yeah. Lots of trades. Still more I wanted to get to in the NFL draft. Uh, I'll get back to the NFL draft. I want to make one quick note here about some NBA action that went on over the weekend. Wow. Uh. So, 
let me just say this, and I know that people aren't going to like to hear this. I think the Memphis series is over. I'm not saying Memphis is going to win a game or two. or even. I, I think the Warriors have that game. Here's why. This is the reason why I say that. Yesterday, the pressure was so much more on the Grizzlies than it was on the Warriors that it was ridiculous. First of all, you're looking at the Warriors. Or you're looking at the Grizzlies. Every advantage call went their way. And I'm not talking about that Draymond call. I'm just saying every call, every tip, everything went their way. Okay? So that's one. Secondly, they get to open up the series and they get to be at home. Thirdly, Draymond Gurry got ejected and the Warriors' biggest stars, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, were both in foul trouble and had to play somewhat restrained. You have to win that game. The Warriors, if they lose that thing, if they lose that game, they can they can go on to fight another day. We're gonna get Draymond back. We won't get into foul trouble next time, and the Grizzlies only have one more home game, and then we go back to Oracle Arena for two games. Because I don't, you might be able to split it. You're not winning two games at Oracle Arena, and so the pressure was on the Grizzlies to win that game, and they did not win. I think that series is over, in my opinion. You had every advantage go your way, and it's not going to go that way the rest of the series. Um. Tonight, oh man, I tell you what, series I'm looking forward to, oh man, this could be Luka and Chris Paul, Mavs and Suns, man, that's going to be a great series, I cannot wait to watch that series. Um, he, it, you also, uh, Boston and Bucks, obviously, uh, played yesterday, I, I don't think that series is over, I don't feel the same way about that series as the other one, also, uh, tonight, he is 76ers. I think Heat are going to handle him pretty confidently. They're going to kind of slide their way into the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, let's get back to the draft. A couple more notes I want to make here. Um, number one. It was crazy to me. Um, so... The Jags picked Trayvon Walker overall. The debate was between him and Aiden Hutchinson. I said I would take Aiden Hutchinson. I don't have a problem with it. The The Lions had a pretty dang good draft. I mean, they pick up Aiden Hutchinson. They trade up and get the next, but they get a Jameson Williams. You got a, you, you know, your offense a little more versatile. Your defense finally has a kind of a cornerstone edge rusher. But, um,. What I want to talk about is. When you look at the one thing, by the way, people, very quick, people are giving the Giants a hard time. Look, they, they they did good in my opinion. You look at their first two picks. They go ahead and they say, all right. And, and by the way, they kind of did what I thought they were going to do. Not not with the Kayvon Thibodeau pick. I thought they'd pick a tackle first, but they get, so they get their edge rusher, right? Kayvon Thibodeau. And say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get, okay, we're going to get a tackle, Evan Neal. You can no longer make any excuses about the O-line. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, we poured a lot into. We, 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 and I love Saquon Barkley, and I think Daniel Jones can still be good, but we poured a lot into those guys. A lot. 
We invested draft. We invested the second overall draft pick and the sixth overall draft pick the next year, and then we invested more to get them weapons, to get them guys like, uh, to get them guys like Kenny Galladay, to get them these guys. Uh, we got them weapons. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna improve our defense. We're gonna keep on Thibodeau so that you don't have to score 55 points a game to win. Okay. And secondly, what we're gonna do is we're going to get you guys a tackle. And I, and I think this was a message, not just Daniel Jones, but Saquon Barkley. And they said, look, we're going to improve the O-line. But if you guys don't show us something this year, we're going to have to move on. At least in Daniel Jones. But I, they're like, we're going to protect you guys. We got guys weapons. We improve the defense side of the ball. Now it's up to you. We got the edge rusher. We got the tackle. Our O-line's good. We moved on from coaches. Now it's on you two to make the impact. And I think they will, but you don't know. Um... But the, um, but the uh, move that was surprising to me was the Texans with the third overall pick spending it on Derek Stingley, man. Uh, and I love Derek Stingley, but man, there are guys available. Kayvon Thibodeau was available at that point. I, I've always been a believer. When you look at the Texans, okay, you're going to stick with Davis Mills. That's fine. I love him. But I'm a believer. And look, if you got a top pick and you've got needs at cornerstone positions, and they said we're going to stick with our quarterback, that's fine. But then you got to look at, okay, it's not the great pick, but then you got to look at tackle, guard, edge. Before anything else, and Kayvon Thibodeau was there, you could have got him, you could have picked him, and uh, they didn't. When you got needs at the corner, corner Stones position, you got draft pick, and there's one available, you got to take it. Uh, man. You know, it, it was, and I love Derek Stingley, but man, that was rough. That I, I don't mean to say that was rough, but that's a rough pick to, to uh, bet on. What a great draft. Trades everywhere. Teams. By the way, uh, I, I have to go to this too. The Jets, man. The Jets just got better everywhere. They get Zach Wilson a weapon. Uh, they get Zach Wilson a weapon and Garrett Wilson. Versatile receiver can do it all. Throw it up to him. He'll catch it. They get Sauce Gardner on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they did a lot. They protect Zach Wilson. And the other thing they did was uh, was they get Jeremy. And I know this is going to be an underrated pick, but they got Jeremy Rucker. He has connections with Garrett Wilson. They know each other. They get Jeremy Rucker. And uh, as a result, what ends up happening is uh, now you have the tight end. You got the old line. You got the running backs. You got the weapon cats. You got the you got Sauce Gardner on the side of the ball. Shut down the entire side of the field. I love it, man. I love it. They, they are doing great stuff. Well, uh, I think Daniel Dan Jeremiah said they were cooking with gas. Totally agree. That That is a heck of a draft. <sighs> yeah, but, man, what a great draft. What an awesome, amazing, uh, just incredible, incredible uh, draft. Lots of teams improved. But I, by the way, I don't think really, in my opinion, there was a team that had an absolutely bad draft. The Titans got Malik Willis, a future franchise quarterback, if they develop him right. 
they need they couldn't afford AJ Brown. AJ Brown was asking too much. They said let's just get a first round pick for him. And uh, I, I thought they did a pretty decent job. There are teams that certainly had better draft than others, but man, it was a heck of a draft. It was a heck of a it, it was a uh, trades everywhere. It, it was a heck of a sports weekend. I really do truly uh, hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Uh, enjoy the basketball game tonight. And one more thing before you go. A quick Bible verse from Acts. Uh, this is actually just going to be one verse I'm just going to read because this is a big thing. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 26, verse 18. Uh, and this is Jesus talking after he had been crucified and raised from the dead. Um, and, and this is kind of uh, Paul... Uh, going through the vision that he had from Jesus, but you know, and I, but I don't want to go through the whole thing. Um, I'm just going to read verse 18 because verse 18 is so important. This is Jesus talking to Paul, and Paul kind of talked about the conversation they had. This is Jesus talking. He said, uh, "I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you." So he's sending Paul to open their eyes and darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. What a powerful verse that is. You know, listen. I think um, a lot of times we think... um, and uh, if you're listening to this, I'm, you know, you're like, I didn't, I didn't want to listen to this. I'm listening to a sports podcast why I talk about this. Just, just hear me out on this. I think a lot of times when we go to church or maybe you don't go to church, maybe you say you're an atheist or whatever. I think a lot of times we think that, well, we think one of two things a lot of times in my opinion. We either think that uh, we'll go to heaven because we're a good person, and I'll get to that in a second, or I think that there is no God anymore. You look around and I think, I think it's impossible to think, truly believe that there's no God. You see the, you know, you just see everything in this universe. Um, and if you need help with this specific, sub- if you, this specific subject, I highly encourage you to check out Frank Turk um, of crossexamine.org. Go to crossexamine on YouTube if you have more on this. Um, but but we the other thing we think is, um, you know, you look at the clouds and everything, it's impossible that there's no God. And the other thing they think about is you look at... Um, we think that we'll get to heaven by being a good person, but when you read the Bible, which is God's word, um, he kind of tells you how to get to heaven. It's not by being a good person because he's saying there is none good. You know, and we all know that Jesus died on the cross, but I don't think we know what it means for us. And here's what it means for us. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. That's the moral law. We all have broken it. The Bible says for all sin and fell short of the glory of God. We all blasphemed at one point of our lives. Uh... Looked with lust, Jesus said, if you commit, if you look at a woman with lust, you commit adultery. We've all done evil. We all have. But, so what did God do? He came down in human flesh, that Jesus. He died on the cross, took our punishment for sin, and rose again on the third day. So what does that mean? What it means is that when you take your punishment, it doesn't mean that you're automatically raised from sin. It means that you must, in order to, what, what was Jesus saying there? In order to inherit the kingdom and receive forgiveness of your sins what must you do you must have faith in him so we must do it believe on the lord jesus christ 
and repent of your sins. You know, uh, repent of your sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, have faith in him, what do you say? Being sanctified by faith in me. And that's how you get to heaven. Start reading your Bible, man. Uh, build a relationship with God. Uh, if you need some help or encouragement, feel free to DM me on Red Zone underscore radio. Uh, and if you want more on this, I highly encourage you to check out crossexamine.org with uh, Frank Turk uh, or crossexamine on YouTube. He'll help you out with more of this um, in terms of if you have questions about God, different stuff like that. Great apologetics. A uh, great, great apologetic guy. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Or uh, the other source I highly encourage you to check out is Living Waters 2 with Ray Comfort. You'll get an idea of what I was doing here. Um, but don't feel free to DM me. I'll be happy to pray for you. But have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this. Um, have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, everyone.